said, yeah, cool. Great. Yeah. And how long have you been a chef? Um, I started uh, in 2006 okay. in Melbourne. Yeah, so 12 yeah. years. Yeah, almost. almost <laughs> it's, wow. been, it's been a long journey, um, long yeah. and uh, fascinating journey. I started uh, back in India Yeah. Uh, 2003. I enrolled myself in a hotel management course. Started working, I uh, started, uh, uh, did a, like a twin diploma sort of hotel management. Because back in India, we don't have like a test. You have to go to a, like a graduate college. So where they teach you all aspects of uh, hotels. So they'll teach you a little bit of front office, marketing, housekeeping, everything. And then uh, when you're in your third year, you have to pick what you want to do. Mm. So you get all the, all the hotels and the restaurants, they come for like, like a campus interview. So they held all the interviews and then you just have to make choice what you want to do. Wow. So if you decide you want to be a chef, so you have to sit down for a kitchen interview and then you know all the chefs and executive chefs, they come out, they do an interview process. In that process, uh, while doing that, I got a job um, in, a, in, a, in a very good hotel called Intercontinental. It's a big hotel group. So yeah. I got it back in India. What city was there? Mumbai. Uh-huh. I've, I'm been, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from Mumbai. Um, it's beautiful there. I did a cycling tour, an early morning oh, cycling tour oh, around wow. there. <laughs> How did you manage to drive? To the, to the fish market. Oh, wow. Hmm. How did you manage to push bike over there? It's so crowded now. Oh, yeah, it was in a group. It was oh, like okay. a tour yeah. thing. But it was oh, very okay. early in the morning too. Yes, yes. It's, it's really crowded. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Because what happened was uh, when I got married, one of my um, Australian friends, he, he came for my medic. And uh, I said to my friend, can you please pick him up? And once you pick him up, just give me a call. So I said, yeah, no problem. He picked him up and he gave me a call. And the first thing he said, it's, it's, it was like, I think... Uh, like 11 30 12 o'clock in the night and first thing he said there are so many people around over here man i said welcome to mumbai <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i mean it is a lot of crowded and it's quite buzzing over there yeah anyway so you know i, I got a job um uh, so i got there's something called um like a management training so they train you to become like a chef de party and onwards so once you finish that, so you'll either end up becoming like a junior sous chef or sous chef like that in a hotel. So they'll train you in all aspects. Because in India, the kitchens are really big. They have commissary, they have butchery, they have pastry, they have banquets. And they have, there are a lot, lot of aspects of kitchen. And there are different cuisine kitchen. There's North Indian, there's South Indian. So they train you all the kitchen and then you decide what you want to do. Where you, which, you want to go and do a la carte, you want to go and do banquets. Do you, do you learn European as well? Or like French cooking? Or is it mainly... In school we do. Yeah. In school they teach you the basics. They, they teach you how to make a, a hollandaise bechamel or the basics. And once you get it, like say for example, if you go in a very good hotel and, and if they have like a Japanese or French restaurant and if you're really interested, they might put you over there and they say, right. okay, cool, you know. Because they train you three months in every department. They train you three months in banquets, three months in French, three months in Japanese, three months in there. Depending uh, uh, which restaurant the hotel has. And uh, once... Once you pick it up and you say, oh, look, you know, I want to do, go and work in Italian, they'll put it in Italian and say, okay, cool. Okay. So, I started in, uh, in banquets. So, uh, I finished and they said, look, you know, we need more people in banquets. Why don't you start in banquets? So I started in banquets. And then, um, my executive chef, um, he was also, um, he just got transferred from Oman. But he was from New Zealand, actually. <laughs> so um, he was from New Zealand and he was just catching up with all the management trainers because we all were new and he was just asking like you know what do you guys a dream what do you guys want to do in future so because he was kind of making succession plan for everyone 
and and this this is where i really drive and this is where i really wanted to work with foreign people because they have a bigger vision mm. you know they don't want to keep you over there and say hey look you know what you're just going to stand and feel onion they have a bigger vision and when i met him and he asked me like puneet you know what's what's your plan what's your vision what do you want to do i said to him you know look i'll uh, i'll be very honest you after i finished my management training i want to head to london to work in really good michelin star restaurant and get more knowledge or either head to spain or head to france and then while having this discussion he said to me look it's all good you know you can go over there but what what's going to happen after that once you come back or you know if you don't ever get a job so what's going to happen i said well look you know that's that's what i don't know like you know if, if i get a job over there that's fine if not then you know i'll have to come back and start all over again he said look you know what think about going to australia mm. it's really nice you know the the it's it's really good and and at only at that time uh, like all the australian restaurants were just starting to come up on the map mm. and then you know um, um all this all this thing was happening so and then i had a couple of friends uh, who had come uh, who had come to study in adelaide in lokodumla so they were studying over there and um, they told me like oh i asked them like what's how it is and you know what is like over there and he said look puri you know you can't come straight over here to work you'll have to either come as a stu- as a student because they they didn't i don't know probably they didn't guide me very well or they said you have to come down as a student or you know because they are not sure about work visa and stuff like that i said well that's fine so i inquired i found out which is the best institute to study and then i said okay i'm no i got into william anglis so yeah that was really good actually i'm i'm really lucky i chose william anglis so i got into william anglis first uh, first two semesters was kind of okay because i sort of knew everything it was pretty basic and then second year was really interesting third uh, my second year yeah so they sort of got into us uh, breaking down the whole lamb breaking down the whole chicken and that was like oh wow was really fascinating and uh, you know filleting the whole fish and stuff like that and that was like a quite hands on experience yeah and then i was like that's it you know this is really good uh, graduated from the university um i was working in a small cafe on uh, on uh, in sankil on fitzroy street uh, it was just like a it was really good pizza place and um uh what they used to do like you know all i had about pizza is always round and all the basic like margarita and you know hawaiian and all the kind of thing and i was like that's that's a pizza but when i went to that restaurant the owner of that restaurant she was a lady and she sold it to someone else at the same time so she actually went to italy and they used to do like a long square pizzas oh wow and proper yeah. and they cut it yeah and we never did all these kind of pizzas we did to do with the pancetta broccoli diavola and that's kind of, and i was like this is amazing and they make their they make the base very fresh they prep everything fresh uh, nothing comes from tin nothing comes from the packet they even get the whole block of mozzarella the grated and i loved it i mm. loved working over there so i started the kitchen hand working with them and i was like you know what i don't want to do this dishes i want to learn how to do it then the chef over there said to me look for it at the moment i don't have any vacancy but if you want to learn you have to come in your own free time i said i'm more than happy so i used to go in the mornings you know i used to learn how to make the dough i used to learn how to do the prep and then chefs started sort of feeling very bad because i used to come in my own time and they said okay not i'll give you one shift so he gave me one prep shift and i was from that time onwards i just took off and um uh in i think uh, years time the head chef left the owners asked me do you want to become a head chef and and i was like look this is not something right like how can you become a head chef in a cafe or a restaurant in a years time so i did that gig for a while and then i said it's something wrong so i then i again i went back to hotel i said look you know what i'll better go back to hotel because that's where i'm going to get to learn so i started working in westin in city 
and then it was the same thing like you know because everywhere they were trying to cut the cost and you know everything was sort of already made you know the steaks were already pre-portioned and I was like it's again something not right yeah and you, know, and you don't get to fill it to the fish exactly. or do any of the yeah. yeah yeah you don't get to do all this kind of thing and then at that time in 2008 uh, Hilton was opening in Docklands and then the chef came from Spain Ramon Fresher so I was like oh this is a really good opportunity to work with him so we went and that was a really eye opener they used to, we used to do a lot of things from fresh and, and that was more sort of on the molecular side. So I learned that bit of molecular side to how to make espumas and how to make, um, you know, all the emulsions and things like that and how to use, uh, you know, all the smoking guns. So that was a bit of a uh, fascinating factor. But then after that, um, you know, uh, uh, something happened between the company and the chef and the chef left. So, and then they decided to go back to the normal restaurant. And then uh, I was like, you know, I don't think so anything was going to happen. So then I started applying the job and then I got a job at Rockpool. So that was like the game changer for me. So that yeah. was like, I was like, oh, finally, you know, we get. So that was the best thing. Whole morning we used to get like 10, 15 boxes of fresh fish, you know, whole yeah. fish straight from the trawler. And it was delivered like seven o'clock in the morning. We had a full-time fishmonger. We have a full-time butcher down there. When was, so when was that? What year was that? Uh, that was in 2011. Okay. Were you yeah. with Daniel Salcedo then? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. No, I know Dan. Yeah. yeah, I've spoken to him too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Salcedo and then um, there's another guy working with him, Sasha. I don't know. Yeah, 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 that's yes, right. Yes, Sasha, yeah. So me, Sasha, Salcedo, we oh. were like a whole one team. Yeah. So uh, when I joined, uh, Sasha was um, uh, senior chef of the party. I was uh, chef of the party. Uh, Salcedo, uh, Daniel Salcedo was uh, chef of the party as well. But they were really long with them. And yeah. the head chef over there, Paul Eason, was really good. He knew how to hold the staff. So that time onwards, it kicked on and I was like, man, this is the best place. And... I really worked hard over there and I, every bit, you know, it was, it was long hours, but I loved it. Mm. I really loved it, you know, this, these guys. This, and there was a time where, you know, they used to shuck the scallop, you know, freshly, uh, they used to shuck the scallop, oysters, they used to shuck it to order. And it was so nice and it was so good. Every, you know, season, the way the menu used to change. I mean, you know, the garnish used to change. And that I, that I really loved it. So loved it. And then from then... Um, I, I worked over there um, for a little while and then I got a little uh, small gig in Sydney to help my friend out so I went and helped him for a little while I just needed a change and I was like I don't know what's going to come on next um, and then uh, when I came back from Sydney I ended up a job getting on Chapel Street in Maurice Jones um, there's like a little bar it's a long time I was uh, before at that time uh, Paul Wilson was consulting that place okay yeah ah so one of his head chef, um, he rang me and said, look, Punita, I've got a job if you're really interested. I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> so then I went... Uh, I feel like you're always interested. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he called me and I was like, yeah, cool. So um, I stayed with him for um, almost a year and a half. And then um, I finished up with him and then I went back to India, got married and I came back. So I was looking for a job. So I got a job in Crown. Um... um and then uh, I, I started in one of the restaurants in Mesh. It was like a kind of buffet place. But then six months, in six months' time, um, John Lawson, he called me. He said, look, I've got a sous chef position over here if you're interested. I said, yeah, why not? So then I joined uh, John Lawson. And that, that was a really good time working with him. It was, it was really good. He taught me a lot of things. And, you know, um, we, um, his, uh, his working culture and, you know, the way 
by that time i was groomed to that where i exactly knew how to treat your produce you know how to make it work you know how to try to keep it fresh as possible you know how how not to just make it and leave it in the fridge you know how to utilize it within day day and a half yeah you know so that that was really good you know we did uh, me and john and his hf we did a lot of gigs together we did tennis australia and you know it was was really nice and then um, yeah when then uh, john's uh, john uh, i think they closed they were planning to close on number 8 uh, making their way for long chim so and then uh, all the bosses from tom they asked me look you know do you want to go and look after maryville just a big place and they want someone to run the maryville and that time i was at maryville uh, when i was at uh, mesh while i was doing um, my executive chef at that time uh, is a french guy laurent So he came up to me and said, "Look, there is this uh, competition going on. Uh, Saint Pellegrino Young Chef of the Year. Would you be interested?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" He said, "Look, you know, there are twenty uh, other chef. Uh, uh, have you heard about that Saint Pellegrino?" Yeah, that, yes. Yeah. So that that was re- actually that was a really really big uh, opportunity for me. Yeah. So um, I got that, and then first thing in the morning, my chef rang because I got an email at three o'clock in the morning. So I didn't check that. So my uh, executive chef called me. He said, "Puni, congratulations." I said, "What for?" He said, "You've been shortlisted for San Pellegrino." I said, "Really?" He said, "Check your email." I said, and I was like half asleep, and I'm checking, and like in my blur, I just couldn't read, and I was like, yeah, "I'll check it later." <laughs> and then I woke up and I read, and I was so happy. And yeah, I wow. just didn't want it to go there because every time I was walking, everyone was like, "Oh, congratulations, congratulations!" And it was really big moment for me, you know. Um, the dish uh, what i did for san pellegrino was was really good i've i've really developed that dish over the years now um i did that dish i was there and then i got to meet our the five best chef from australia was i was like in wonder world yeah yeah <laughs> when i met peter gilmore i met peter doyle peter doyle is my favorite i met him um i met jack ramon mm. uh and all these guys rossi all these guys were really phenomenal you know really iconic people and from there onwards it really took off my career in ground um i did that and then when i went to maryville um i did uh, t- uh, there was another competition from time out magazine it was called time out showdown uh, chef of the year uh, i won that as well so that was really good um that was a really good experience for me as well you know and it was really nice because we have to present a dish to 110 people and they vote for you so that was really nice and then after that um it was it was really good time in ground and then i decided you know what i want to move on for for another bigger role and another bigger opportunity so someone pushed me from mantra group for an executive chef role uh, so then i took that job uh, it was in tulamreen um, I, t- i took that job i did for a year and a half i was executive chef for a wow <laughs> for a hotel it was really good uh, we did um, uh, there was a, a 200 seating banquets uh, to for 395 rooms to penthouse and directly dealing with owners were really nice really nice to do you still um as executive chef in one of those sort of companies do you still cook or are you mainly overseeing it see the role um involve um, i would say 90 to 95% of admin mm. and 5% of cooking mm. but then i'm kind of person I, i like to be hands on yeah i like to be hands on so i imagined yeah yeah so after 5 o'clock i used to shut just lock my office and go on service <laughs> 
So, you know, but my GM is always telling me like, oh, Puneet, you know, don't burn out yourself. I said, look, you know, I, I like doing that. Yeah. That's, I really want to see on the pass, stand on the pass and make sure every plate goes out is spot on. Yeah. You know, it's not that I am uh, micromanaging, but I just want to make sure that, you know, the, the customers who are dining and customers eating, they, they have been looked after. Yeah. Because that's my priority. You know, I mean, that's, that's where I sort of thought like, you know, no, this is, this is, this is good. I mean, this is not something where it is, but then, you know, um, hotels are good where I understand they got to meet the budgets and they're a bit strict and then, you know, they have timeline, but in restaurant, restaurant is basically like your whole canvas. Mm, that's right. You know, you get to paint whatever you feel like, <laughs> you know, straight from your heart. So that's what I think about, uh, you know, when you have your own restaurant. Like, this is what I do when you have. So when I'm usually in my black clothes, you know, just going around, checking, make sure tables are good, menus are okay, not folded. If it's not dirty, you know, glasses are there. And though I have a front house manager, but, you know, I just want to make sure that every bit is ticked off. Yeah. You know, the moment customer walks in a dining room, they should be feel approachable. They should be feel welcomed. You know, so that's, that's my whole idea. And that was, uh, I was finding a bit hard. But then, look, Joe, you know, um, Every chef has a, has, a, has a dream of doing that and every chef wants to make sure and I'm, I'm kind of that guy where, you know, I really want to make sure that the moment customer walks in, you know, he gets that experience. He gets, he gets to, um, he, he, when he, the moment he sits down, he looks at the menu, you know, you have to have that first impression, you know, because that's how you're going to go, okay. Because I always feel that, you know, because a lot of people tell me like, oh, Puneet, you know, chef is the one who, I said, yes, chef is the one who drives it. But same time, the front of house service, front of house people are equally important as well. That's right. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I always tell them it's like a movie, you know, when you, when you see the trailer, then only you go for a movie. If trailer is bad, you're not going to go for a movie. Yeah. You know, so this is what it is. I said, the, the moment guests sit down, you know, your menus, you know, the service, you know, asking them for a drink, you know, guiding from the menu. So that's the first aspect. Mm. If that's bad, you know, food will be like, okay, you know. So this is how I look at it. And I think this is whole thing has to come together. Mm. Your front of house, uh, my front of house are like my walking chefs. Yeah. You know, they need to know everything. They need to know everything. They are the one who's going to talk, talk to the customers. Yeah. And they are the one who's going to cop it up. So, you know, you have to make sure you look after them, you train them, you teach them, you know. You, uh, you, you give them the respect what they, what they deserve. Yeah. You know, whenever someone tells me, oh, you know, you can't do it, I say, that's wrong. Mm. You know, it's like an husband-wife relationship. You know, you have to keep them hand in hand. You have to treat them with respect. Mm. You have to teach them. You have to guide them. And that's how it makes a perfect team. Yeah. So that, that's my, that's my um, thing. And my philosophy over here in this restaurant, what we do is over here. Um, I, I take a, a inspiration from an Indian dish and then I take an Australian produce or, you know, um, indigenous or native uh, produce and then we come up with a dish. Yeah. You know, so with like an artichoke chart and, you know, lamb ribs and things like that. So, you know, we garnish with salt push. So I think, you know, every cuisine is paying respect to indigenous, uh, you know, indigenous produce. I think it's about time about, you know, Indian yeah. cuisine should do that as well. Yeah. So I think, I'm, I think it was a good opportunity for me to do that, you know, because, you know, the, the uh, Australia is where I've been brought up, mm. you know. I was born in India, but I was brought up in Australia. Yeah. You know, my culinary wise and, you know, cooking wise and skills wise, you know. So I think it's high time to, you know, to, to give that back to the community and, you know, to, to treat that all with respect. So that's what I said to many as well. I said, if you're going to do this, we have to do this. And we have to make sure that, you know, things like that are uh, focused and, you know, are on the menu constantly. And I said to him, you know, we make sure we always use local produce mm. and fresh produce. You know, that's the key. And that I think that most of the time, most... And 
I get so many feedback from people saying, oh, you know, this is not how it should be or Indian food should be like this. And I said, look, you know, I don't want to open a curry joint over here. Yeah. If you want to do that, there are plenty of them out over there. Yeah. You know, I want you, like, when you eat my lamb madras, I want you to actually taste the lamb into it. You know, when you eat my lamb ribs, I want you to actually taste the lamb ribs into it. Mm. You know, that's, that's the hero of the dish. You know, yes. That's, that's the highlight. All of the components are there to match it with it. Mm. You don't have to, I don't have to put a handful of red chili powder into it just to cover the taste of it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the hero and keep it like that. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's my concept over here. And, you know, that's, that's where, you know, I feel that, you know, when, when you overpower and like, it doesn't matter whether it's Indian cuisine or any other cuisine. Like, say, for example, even if you're making a good bechamel, you can't, you can't just say, oh, look, you know, I like my bechamel very flowery. So just put a handful of another flour. You know, you have a recipe for it. Mm. You know, you have to go with the recipe. The same thing, you know, in my kitchen, I have a recipe for everything. No one just goes, ah, just put a spoonful of that or just put, just taste it and make sure it's adjusted to like a previous sauce. We have a recipe for it and we follow each and every recipe to it. Yeah. So, you know, that way no one is saying, oh, you know, this is overpowered or that's overpowered. So every time there is, main thing, there is consistency. And second thing, you know, nothing is overpowered. You know, so that's two things I always look for. Yeah. Whenever you go out and eat or whenever you go out and, you know, so that's the that's the thing over here. Amazing. <laughs> I shall show you the photo of that dish. Um, yeah. Uh, when I did that for, for that, that's my favorite. I love it. I've worked uh, with that for so long. Mm. I think where is it gone? This Oh wow! So that's that's like um, that was like the, it's like a so when I did I did this same dish for San Pellegrino. So when I did those when I was I, I had a protein in my head that I want to do something with duck. Mm. So and then I just found out I just went out and discovered like oh you know which is a, which which is the best poultry or which is what I can do in terms of you know from which region I where I can source the best duck breast. So, you know, I spoke to my butcher, they said, oh, you know, try Milwa. Milwa is really good. They get a very good duck breast. So I was like, okay, cool. But I, then I, I thought, you know, let's go out and check out over there. Like, how do they, you know, how do they breed it or how do they do it? So I, I left pretty early morning. It was winter time. And uh, I was, um, I was going, I went to Milwa and I called that, uh, I called that paddock keeper. I said, look, I'm here. I said, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll be out there with you. So while I was waiting for them, so it was a massive paddock. And he opened all the paddock and all the ducks were coming out and you know so they were just coming out of the paddock so what I, when i went over there so there was a frost on the grass okay and then then that side was his veggie farm right so that's the whole thing so that's the duck snow <laughs> that's the paddock and that's the duck farm that's amazing i love it that's very clever mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's that's i tried to replicate that whole thing that yeah. whole image on this dish Mm. So when you have the ducks coming out and they're going in in the uh, in the veggie to pick their stuff and then there's a little frost on the grass yeah. and on the veggie. What, what's the frost there? What's it? So that's the snow, the the white part. Yeah. What what ingredient is that? Uh that's malted texturine, mm. and that's uh, so I mixed it with the duck fat, duck fat, and the duck fat is infused with thyme, chili, and orange. Okay. Yeah. So it gives out nice uh, citrusy and a bit of earthy flavor. Yeah. So then, um, then we just spoon it over on top of the beetroot. And then with the beetroot, what I do is uh, I cook the beetroot with orange and thyme. 
and then uh, we peel the skin I can then uh, keep the beetroot with the whole tail off and then we take the skin orange chili we blend it and we add uh, gelan to it gelan to it and then we dip the whole thing into it mm. so the so this we take the skin off and we put it back again with orange and yeah. chili you're not you're not doing that level with all of your dishes, are you? Because no, that's, no, that's no. very complicated. No, no, no. This one I did it for Saint Pellegrino. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this was that was my whole story of this dish. Mm. That's why I don't. I never. I never put this kind of things on the menu. But now, when you're doing your menu, so you take an Indian dish and then you add, you know, a twist or an Australian yes. touch. Yes. Um, yeah. How do you? How do you know that salt bush is going to go with something or wild greens or something like that? I mean, what what we do is we, we always do an um, always do do a trial run. Yeah. We always work it out. So when when we do a salt bush or when we get it, so we we put the whole thing together because I know lamb and salt bush is a great combination. You know, you can't go wrong with it. Or you know, when you use beach banana, you can't go wrong with fish or scallops. Or, yeah, so uh, we uh, I sort of know sort of you know um, uh, what what matches with. It's, it's like you can say it's a flavor profile. Yes. Yeah, you have to have understanding of the flavor profile. Mm. You know, how does the lamb taste? Or, you know, because salt bush is very salty. Yeah. And then we deep fry and we dust a little bit of vinegar powder. So it sort of has nice vinegary flavor. And when mm. you eat fatty lamb with it, so that acid helps to break down the lamb. And yeah. then, you know, it gives a very good flavor and very good aroma. I've mentioned this to a few chefs recently. I d- it absolutely amazes me that you have this whole catalogue of flavours <laughs> and, you, and you hold on to that and you know what's go- I mean I know it's your job and everything but I still think it's pretty amazing to hold on to all those flavours absolutely I mean you know it's like uh, sometimes you know I don't know but I, I think like that you know say for example if you get a plumber at your home and you're telling him okay put the pipe here like that and put, so you don't need a plumber a plumber should look at it and he should know That's how, right. how to do the job it's like that with the chef you know when you look at the ingredients so you should always try it test it eat it you know, and then, for example, eat salt bush by itself, eat lamb by itself, or, you know, eat something by itself and understand, you know. So if it's citrusy or if it's acidity or, you know, if it's going to be sweet, it's going to be sour, you know, it's going to have this or it's going to have that. Or mm. What I can do and always do a trial run. You know, so for example, if I'm going to put cook something like that and I say, oh, maybe I cook a little bit less than this, what it is, and then it will match it with that or maybe just enough puree because puree is overpowering this or puree is overpowering that so you always do a bit of R&D on your dishes yeah. before you finalize it and this is what I think like you know I would not just go uh, just spoonful of just put it there or you need more of acid more of that so you should always have a balance of everything Yeah. you know so that's what I think when, whenever I do the dishes it's very important that you need to know the flavor of the dish the flavor of the ingredient like when you do a carrot you need to understand when you, first you need to taste the product in its roasted especially vegetables so when you eat a carrot, you eat carrot by itself. You see how sweet it is, how bitter it is. Mm. You know, you check the ridicule. Sometimes the ridicule is very bitter, sometimes less bitter. So you need to check every day, you know, what your produce comes in or, you know, because it's mother nature. Yeah. You know, you can't control that. Yeah. You know, so you got to understand each and every bit of the ingredients, each and every bit of how it works. So let's say, you know, when you have a cumin, say, you know, okay, I need just peach full. I don't need a handful. Yeah. Okay. If, so, for example, if I put a handful of cumin, what's going to happen to your mouth? Mm. You know, you don't want to have that bitter taste. No. You know, so a little bit cumin brings out nice sweetness from lamb. Mm. You know, so things like that. You know, you know, when you eat cucumber, some cucumbers are sweet, some cu- cucumbers are, you know, bitter. Some cucumbers with the with the skin are sweet without the skin. So you need to have all those understanding of the ingredients. Yeah. How it's going to work, and when you build up a dish, 
You might already have one, or I can take one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes people don't like having their photo taken 